Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Yeah, as you notice, uh, my sermon for today is Life After Death. Amen. And it's very, you know, very appropriate for today's date, November 1st. You know what's November 1st, right? It's All Saints Day. Or is that All Saints or All Souls Day? Well, many years ago, I was stationed in Charleston, South Carolina, and I was stationed in submarine base there. One of my friends died, and uh, he was cremated. And what they did to his ashes, they spread his ashes all over the river in South Carolina. And I was, at that moment, I was there, and I was thinking that the ashes were eaten by a marine life, you know, fish and all those things. And the ashes spread all over going to Atlantic Ocean. And I said to myself, what if God comes back? How can he recover all those ashes <laughs> to, to become one body, you know, at that time? So I keep thinking about that. And uh, I also think about in India, when somebody died, they believe that the soul goes to the animal, right? What about, what about if God comes back? Will he recover the animal or the bodies? So these are the questions that comes to my mind. How can God gather all those ashes and make the body again when he comes back? So am I thinking, I said, Maybe when I die, I like to be put in a coffin, <laughs> seal me up, put me in a vault, and at least when God comes in, I'm in one piece. Right or wrong? So these are the questions that I was thinking. So before I begin, let's pray. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me Amen. because he has anointed me to preach. That's Luke 4, 18. Oh God, you have filled our heart with curiosity of the mystery of life after death. Amen. We thank you for Jesus Christ in his clear representation for your will for us. Where Christians have been called to their ultimate glory after death. Comfort us through the sharing of our belief. May the Holy Spirit grant us dear and clear understanding as we come to know Jesus, the Christ, through whom we believe everlasting life in God's kingdom is found. Amen. Amen. So, every November 1st, I know all of you know this, we all gather to the cemetery, right? We clean the graveyard of our beloved one. We light candles at night, and we have fun. We talk, we eat there. And my mother used to tell me that your grandfather and your grandmother is in heaven. They're there together as like as if they live here on earth. So, so I said, uh, 
So this is why I put this together because I like to preach this and it's life after death. See, after prayer and consideration, I hope that my sermon will be someday or somehow you will understand what I'm trying to say here. And when I was putting this this sermon together almost about took me about two weeks to put it together. I'm having problem to put it because every time I go to the Bible, I always look. They always say that there is an everlasting life, everlasting life. Throughout the Bible, you see that everlasting life, but not enough to tell you. What will happen to you when you die right at this moment? And this is what I've been trying to research that in the Bible. It took me two weeks, a lot of research, and I only found a few. But it's there in the Bible. So, uh, normally, uh, all of us here, right now, all of us here, and be honest with me that you are all afraid to die, Right? Why? Because you don't know what will happen to the next life. And the reason why I said that, looking at the Bible, because I myself is also afraid to die. And I don't know what's going to happen to me after I die to the next life. So what I'm preaching today, I don't ha- I'm not an authority to say what will happen to you in the next life. Because... You and I don't have any experience what's going to happen. So I changed my topic now, and I changed it to biblical doctrine of life after death. Meaning, whatever I'm saying here is based on the Bible. I cannot deviate it. I cannot go from one word to another word. I have to stay what the Bible is saying because... I myself don't have any experience of life after that. So, so let's go now to the, uh, what you call, to the specific. And I will be talking to you a lot of verses here. But don't, don't try to, you know, memorize it or whatever. Just, if you want to take note, take notes. So let's talk about some of the specific. But this is all related to biblical doctrine of life after death. Let's start with uh, Mark 12, 18 to 27. During the time of Jesus, there's two members of Sanhedrin. There is a Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees believe of resurrection. The Sadducees do not believe in resurrection. So one day, they saw Jesus Christ, and the Sadducees questioned Jesus Christ, saying that Messiah, or they call it Rabbi, what will happen to a married girl who was married to seven brothers. This is the question of the Sadducees. They're trying to catch 
Jesus Christ, whether Jesus Christ will say about the resurrection. So, you know, the first answer Jesus Christ told them that you are so ignorant of the scripture and you do not know the power of God. So let's analyze that. There's a, there's a meaning to that. That night when I was writing this, I felt that like all of us, including me, when somebody asks you a question regarding the Bible or the scripture, do not, I said, do not try to answer it yourself. Try to bring that person or pull that person to the scripture and let the power of God to take over to that person. So this is what Jesus Christ told the Sadducees. You're so ignorant about the scripture and you don't know the power of God. And then he follow up on the next answer to that. That the question is, this girl, who will he go with when they die you know, on the next life? And I hate to disappoint you guys, but this is the answer of Jesus Christ. Uh, when, when you die, if your husband died or your wife died, when you go to the next life, there will be no marriage. You follow that? There will be no marriage. You will never be married with your husband on the next life. And no, uh, even, though you're, even though you are married for 50, 60, 70 years, when both of you died, you're not going to be married. You will be an angel on the next life. However, Jesus Christ did not say that you cannot love that person. In other words, in other words, when you go to the next life and you see your husband, you can still love your husband. The marriage is out of the question because you two are considered to be an angel. Do you follow that? So, when my mother told me that my, my grandfather is in heaven, they're together, they're living together, no, it's not. They are together as an angel, they can love each other, but the marriage is not there. Now, let me give you an analogy, what it is, what, how Jesus Christ said that. When you're still a kid, you always cling to your mother, right? I say, ah, oh, mommy here, mommy here, mommy here. You do not like to let go of your mother. But when you become a teenager, your prospect in life is different. You have friends now. Your interest on your parents is getting shorter and shorter. But when you become matured, you get married again. I mean, not again, you get married. And when you get married, your interest is with your family. It's no longer at your mother. So that's what Jesus is saying. You, when you go to the next phase of your life, like after death, your interest is no longer the earthly interest, 
but your interest is the heavenly interest. You are there, you see your wife, you love your wife, but you cannot have that marriage because both of you are angels. This is what Christ is saying. He emphasized that also, also when he said, when he said also that when you go to heaven, you have a self-identity. In other words, if you are like Pastor Pada, is Pastor Pada here? He'll be considered as Pastor Pada on the next life. You have that self-identity. You'll see that on Luke 16, 1931, when a rich man told Lazarus that, what happened now? It, when a rich man told Lazarus and suggested after death, we do not lose our identity. He's telling that to Abraham. And also another identity is in Matthew 17, when Peter, James, and John identify Moses and Elijah. See, they recognize Moses, they recognize Elijah. That's the identity when you reach the next life. So also with Lord's help, they build a place for us in heaven. It is the God's kingdom. Remember when Jesus Christ said that, I tell you the truth, we have very many mansions and I can accommodate you, you know, all of us. We are there. He guaranteed that for us. So that's why, and I love that place because I know I will not be paying my bill. There's no electricity bill. There's no lawnmower bill. You know, I have a mansion. That is a place given to us. And remember also on that first sermon I said that how can God gather all the ashes together and make it one body at the time of rapture? And I base that on first Thessalonians 4.16, which says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of a trumpet and the dead in Christ will rise. That's what I was thinking. You know, when he comes here, all of us will rise from the dead. And uh, we are taking the word very literally. That's not what it meant. Okay? There's two that, that we should rise. The first one, the first time is the transformation. Listen to me carefully. Transformation of physical body into the spiritual body. In other words, when you die at that moment, Boom, you automatically go to the spiritual body. You have to die first to leave your body here on earth. Leave your bone, blood, everything. And remember what God said from dust to dust. So the time you die here, you got right away from the spiritual body. That is the first 
step. The second step is the resurrection of the spiritual body into glorified body. So first, you die to spiritual body. From a spiritual body, resurrected into glorified body. Those are the system how you're going through. Of course, there's a lot of process in there. You know, it's not like today, spiritual, tomorrow, you're, no. There's a lot. If you have to know the word of God, you see that in the resurrection is mostly in the revelation. Okay, it's a long process, but you have to go to that process. What do you mean by transformation? It's the changing of form into a nicer one, into a spiritual body. But I cannot tell you what shape we are in. Then from spiritual body into glorified body. Those are that step. So when somebody is crying because they lost their husband, they lost their wife, they lost their relative, of course, it's ours. As a human being, you're crying because you're losing your loved one. But that person will go to the better place on a spiritual side. And Paul was saying, he is uh, he's in good shape. Don't worry about it. Because someday, somehow, you will see that person. But marriage is not there. You must all, all of us must be an angel. Now, on the... On the spiritual, on the uh, spiritual side, Paul was saying, Paul is trying to say to us, it's just like this. It's like a seed, you know. If you have a seed, you planted that under, uh, you planted that in the soul. When that grow, it's not gonna grow like a big seed, but it will grow as a beautiful plant, you know. From that, it rises a beautiful plant. From seed. There's the beautiful plant will come out, depending on what type of seed is that. So that's why Paul was saying, do not. Death is not a disaster. Death is something that you should enjoy because you are going to the next life. You will see your relative because Jesus Christ did not say that you are not, you cannot love. You can still love. You still know your people, but as far as the marriage is concerned, no marriage because all of us are angels. You follow that? Now, at the same time, God gave us what you call a free will. At that, the moment you are born, God gave you the free will to do what you want to do. He will not touch that. He will let you decide which direction you like to go. And of course, if you want to go in this direction, he will open his arms and welcome you. That is the free will that is given to us by God. And it's so beautiful that that free will is considering you are not a slave. You can do whatever you want to do. And God will never touch that. But you have to remember also that 
that free will is yours to take care of it. Because if you just let go of that free will and do whatever you think, you might not see the kingdom of God. But that free will is yours. So another section that I wrote here is that Paul is very specific that before you can go to the next life, you must leave your body, your bones, your blood, everything. You cannot enter to the next life with your own body, no. It is always when you enter into the next life, automatically God will give you a spiritual body, which is visible also. Now, my conclusion when I was writing this, there's a question that remained unanswered for me. I, that question is, from whom is God kingdoms prepare? Is that kingdom prepared for everybody? Or is that kingdom is selected only? The answer, the kingdom is not prepared for everybody. It is only prepared to people who recognize Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior. But we do not stop there. We also have to know his word. That's why when you become, when you become and recognize Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will continue learning his word. It's not there. You will be, you will be, go to heaven with that saying, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, but you should continue learning the word of God. Now there's another question also that comes to my mind is that when you are a non-Christian and you recognize the doctrine of Christianity and you ignore it, another question is that when you have another faith and you recognize, I know, I'm sorry, when you have another faith and you recognize the Christianity and you ignore it, will you inherit the kingdom of God? I tell you, I, my answer to that is that I cannot speak for God, okay? I have great confidence in God's love, Amen. fairness, mercy, and righteousness. Whatever he will do to those people, I don't have a say. But I know that God, because of his love and fairness, he will do something about it. You and I cannot read the mind of the God. So with those kind of questions, you leave that to the Lord. Because if you look at, what was that? Oh, 1 Peter 3.18 to 20, Jesus will appear, appear to those who really died and who have not yet known him. In other, in other words, Long, long time ago, they don't know Christ, right? No God to them. They just, their, son, their son is their God. They don't know anything about Jesus Christ. When the rapture comes, and when time comes that God will come down, 
Jesus Christ will appear in them. They will give, Jesus Christ will give them a chance because they don't know Christ. It's just fair. So it's all what God is intent. But for all of us here, we know what to do with it already. If you want to go to the kingdom of God after you die, I will, I will leave that to you. It's up to you, and it's between you and the Lord. And it's between me and the Lord. Each of us will have the responsibility of how to be in the next kingdom. And also, here, as I concluded in my sermon, I hope that what I said here today, will, you will not consider that as indefinitely right. Because this is where, this is my opinion by looking on all the verses I search. So I require you to go back to your Bible, take time to study what I said, and take time to study what your decision gonna be when it comes to life after death. What I said today, don't take it definitely. Just go back to the Bible, hoping, and my personal prayer is that as you explore this subject matter, you will come to know Jesus. Through him, I believe everlasting life in God's kingdom will be found. And you will know when are you going there. So that, as according to Paul, is not to be rejected. It has to be accepted, but you got to be prepared that if you want to go to his kingdom, you know what to do. I'm leaving it up to you, and whatever you want, it is up to you. I cannot tell you do this or do that or Pastor Pada, do, you know, to tell you this, it is up to you. But remember, there is no marriage in, in life after death. We are all angels, but we can love each other. You can love your wife, you can see it there, but no marriage is involved. So let's pray. Lord, help us not to be afraid because you are with us. Show us how to think a good things and not on things that will produce fear, not knowing life after death. Fear is an enemy of our heart and mind and we refuse to let it still take it away our peace and joy in our life. Give us courage and strength to face the transition from here to eternal life. You have assured us that you would remain with us in time of our death. Almighty God, may we live and believe now in such a way that we will live eternally in thy kingdom through Christ Jesus. Amen.